Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? I saw on TV how meteors blew up over Siberia. Is that a fact? What evidence did that science program show you about how it happened? It was cool. The most recent meteor was in 2013, and it was caught by a dash cam video by hundreds of people. Then they compared it to the one that struck in 1908, and they showed written accounts from several eyewitnesses. Hmm. Now that evidence is pretty reliable. What else did they say about meteors? And they also talked about the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs about 65 million years ago. And even when a small planet struck Earth when it was very young and knocked off a piece that later became the moon. Whoa there. They went from a video evidence in 2013 to eyewitnesses in 1908 to events supposedly occurring 65 million years and even billions of years ago. How many people had their dash cams on for that? Huh, Grandpa, it was from a Nova special on public television, so it's got to be right. Nova also concluded that human and chimpanzee DNA are 99% identical, but that's wrong. So be careful about believing everything you watch on a science show. The only 100% trustworthy resource I've ever found is the Bible, the Word of God. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 16, we read, By the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. Part of that show was about what happened in the past, really far back in the past. So was that part science? Oh, no, it wasn't, Grandpa. You always say that science is knowledge obtained by observation and testing that is repeatable. Right you are. While there's no doubt that the Earth has been struck by meteors and asteroids in the past, there's no way to give an accurate date on their impacts. Even though we do have a probable event that started with what we read in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. We cannot scientifically prove it happened on such and such a date, but with God's eyewitness having never been proven wrong, we sure have a lot more evidence than what that NOVA program gave us. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Daniel Harris, and our producer, Ed Salzadale, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we're going to talk about a NOVA program and meteor strikes. There's so much in here. It not only talks about whether or not and what date some asteroid or, or other event strikes occurred, but we're going to get into the discussion of historical versus and origin science versus experimental science. One of the things here that was mentioned during the skit was in 2013 we had an asteroid impact which was observed which was filmed. And in 1908, we have eyewitnesses to it. And we have a lot of on-the-ground impact data, which shows that it occurred. But then we start talking about the Yucatan and even the big splash way back in time. Carl, what's the difference between those two things? Well, we have observable testable science. In other words, eyewitness accounts. We have uh, 
documentation is very, very well done on the, the 2013 event. The 1908 event was also well documented with several reliable eyewitnesses. <coughs> so we have documented science versus undocumented so-called science. The, the historical science or beliefs or presuppositions of the evolutionary scientists who try to say that we were hit or, or some such large astronomical body that struck the Earth and resulted in the wiping out of this dinosaur kind in the 65-year-ago time frame. So we go from believable to totally fairytale in just a matter of one sentence. <laughs> Dr. Harris, of course, it has been talked about widely about the Yucatan strike. Now, incidentally, that's not the only theory they have for what killed off the dinosaurs. There's a lot of them. Inclu- but it's most, the most popular But the one most the popular mo- is... At the, the U- moment, at this moment. At this moment. What do we actually know about the Yucatan strike? Well, we know that it was a major strike. We know that it produced an enormous uh, cloud of dust and uh, debris that filled the atmosphere. The thing that we, we can say for sure is that it didn't kill the dinosaurs because the dinosaurs are buried below the layer where the iridium from the meteorite is deposited. Is that called the KT barrier? The KT barrier, yes. The KT barrier is a layer of iridium, uh, which is rare in, in Earth, <clears throat> on Earth, but it's common in, in asteroids. And they say that this iridium layer was deposited by this impact. Well, that's very fine. The problem is that you have the burial of all of the dinosaurs underneath the layer of iridium. And the iridium layer is therefore later and coming after the death of the dinosaurs. So the asteroid definitely did not kill off the the dinosaurs. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Upon the Yucatan for just a moment and what you said. In explanation, when that strike occurred, it put a huge amount of dust and debris into the upper atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It is assumed that the layer of iridium that we see across the planet is from that strike. That's right. And it might have been, but it's also very possible if the Genesis flood occurred as Genesis accounts, then going back to the Yucatan, you make the good point that all of the dinosaur finds we have are found below the iridium layer. Exactly. Which shows that they didn't kill them off. Because right. if this had occurred, not all of it would have been killed by the meteor strike. They would have been killed in the nuclear winter that followed That's right. from all this debris being in the air. That's right. So when it settled and created some of the finds of dinosaurs should have been above this barrier. Above, this, above the iridium layer. So it does not follow that the Yucatan strike killed off the dinosaurs, which means that the idea of them being killed off in the Genesis flood is just as likely, or more likely, than this Yucatan find. It is the best explanation for what we see in the rocks. Okay. Terry, what did you think about all this? For the meteorite that exploded over Russia in 2013, <clears throat> what I noted is they had all kinds of digital recordings to study, so they went back to determine the positions of the cameras that they were recording from. 
and put this all together, and then they gathered samples from the meteorite to determine its composition. And so I'm sure they learned a lot, and we'll learn a lot more. And this is real science. There's a problem there. They didn't count their samples because it went through the atmosphere and never hit. It exploded in the atmosphere. Uh, according to the um, NOVA special, they did actually gather samples. They did have samples from that meteorite explosion, and they were studying them. And so they have all of this evidence that they could put together to figure out just what happened. So how can they authoritatively say that meteorite wiped out the dinosaurs 65 million years ago, leaving a layer of iridium as if they know exactly what happened. And we had a background discussion about that. Carl, what were you thinking with all this? Well, I just wanted to make the distinction between observational science, which is what we saw in the 2013 strike, versus the hysterical, I mean, historical science <laughs> from the uh, 65 million years ago and the asteroid that hit Yucatan. Okay. Allegedly. Well, and let's get into the second one, because they talked about a planetoid hitting the Earth. Incidentally, there are such theories, one of which is the, for the creation of the moon. But dating that, saying when that occurred, having good evidence for that is very debatable. Mm -hmm. And yet they state all this stuff as if it occurred, and they know exactly when it occurred. Until I, often enough, people will start to believe it. Well, they sound convincing. One of the things were, that underlies this whole discussion is in your skit, the, the young man says, well, it was on Nova, therefore it has to be right. That's like <laughs> saying it was in the newspaper, therefore it has to be right. We need to be extremely suspicious of all this kind of stuff. Our facts change. Our facts change as we get more data, as we learn more things. But sometimes our facts don't change because we're so indebted to them. We're so decided that they have to be right because they fit our worldview. Any closing thoughts, guys? Well, I think you're putting the term facts in quotes, of quotes. Oh, oh, because people do that all the time. You can't change the facts. No, we change the facts all the time. But when we get new data, during the COVID scare, first it was, you shouldn't wear a mask. Then it was, what did it become later? Everybody should be wearing a mask. Right. Because it's based upon different data or what they're putting out. This idea that the moon was formed by an impact of a Mars-sized body with the Earth is one that has been highly questioned by the astronomers, particularly because of the fact that you would have to basically drop this Mars-sized body on the Earth very gently and in exactly the right direction. <laughs> in a very exactly. gentle manner. Do, do planetoids usually hit each other gently? No, that does not happen. <laughs> That doesn't happen. <laughs> Folks, what this boils down to is, again, there's been some great storytelling here. We can verify a 2013 asteroid strike. We can verify a 1908 mid-air explosion over the Siberia. But all of this other stuff, there's evidence that something may have occurred. But giving exact dates or telling exactly how it occurred is something beyond experimental science. We have now gotten into origin science, and we need to recognize that those people who make pronouncements about that as if they were there were not. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.